Welcome to the December DCM podcast. It's our final podcast of 2017. And you may notice that I'm not Tom Linnae. I'm Zoe Jones, Marketing and Insight Director at DCM. But I'm delighted to say that my special guest for this very special podcast at the end of the year is Tom Linnae, our head of film. Hello. We're mixing things up just to keep any listeners who've made it to the end of the year on their toes. Hello, I am Tom Linnae. Hi, Zoe. Welcome, Tom. How are you? I'm really good. You're supposed to ask me how I am. Oh, how are you? I'm really, I'm really well. I'm very excited about Christmas. It's Christmas Day, a, a week today. It is. So I am very excited. Good. Well, that might lead me on to my first question. Okay. Which is the best Christmas film that you're most excited about? As you've gone straight in with Christmas. As in the films coming out this Christmas? That and then of all time. Okay. The best Christmas film of all time. That's easy. It's Die Hard. Some people don't think it's a Christmas film, but it absolutely is. It's set at Christmas. Well, it does have ho, ho, ho. Exactly. Now I have a machine gun. Ho, ho, <laughs> ho. And the best film coming out this Christmas is undoubtedly... Well, it's already out. It's Star Wars The Last Jedi. Have you uh, seen it yet, Tom? No. <laughs> it, it came out on Thursday. I'm seeing it tomorrow. This is being recorded on the December the 18th, Monday. I'm seeing it on December the 19th. I have IMAX tickets booked. I'm going to see it. I'm very, very excited. I'm trying to avoid all spoilers about it, but I understand that you have seen it. I have, and I've been trying to avoid talking about it in your presence, but I will say it is amazing. It's everything that all the critics have said. I mean, I'm a huge Star Wars fan anyway, but I do think it might be up there with the best of all the Star Wars films. And I have heard that from a few people, and so I'm very, very excited about it, but that's all we're going to say about it. It, it's, it has opened with the second biggest four-day opening weekend of all time. £28 million in just four days. Do the maths, that's an average of £7 million a day. It opened with the third highest Friday to Sunday opening weekend of all time behind The Force Awakens and Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2. It's going to be one of the biggest films of all time. We're looking at one of the three or four biggest films of all time. That's exciting, isn't it? It's amazing. And in terms of I guess the year, um, I thought we could do a couple of things in, in my interview with you today, Tom. Um, one is, um, we'll talk about the year as a whole, maybe some of your personal highlights. I mean, this is, we're coming up to awards season. Maybe we'll have our own awards, um, the Toms. Yep, um, like that. And, and I've got a few different categories that I okay. might throw into the mix. I literally have no idea what Zoe has prepared <laughs> for this. So it's, it, it's like live TV, anything could happen. And then we might just talk about some overall trends and then look a bit ahead to next year. How does that That's very sound? exciting. Cool. So maybe we could start with your personal um, opinions on some of these films from the last year. Um, obviously, as part of your role, you're promoting all the films at DCM, but I know you get to watch so many different movies. Yeah. So for you, what's been the best performance by an actress or actor? But let's start with a leading role, and then we'll go into supporting. That's, oh, that's a good question. The best performance by an actress or actor this year. Well, best actor... I'm going to not give it for one performance. I'm going to give it for two performances because two of my favourite films of the entire year are Blade Runner 2049 and La La Land and both star Ryan Gosling, who I think is the best leading man in Hollywood. He's overtaken all the um, other contenders, your Leonardo DiCaprio's, giving Gosling any day. And he was brilliant in both those films and very different performances as well. I think he can do everything. He's really funny. He's got presence. He can... Uh, he, he's a credible action star. Uh, I think he's the best actor, the best big name actor working in Hollywood today. He's really funny because The Nice Guys, maybe slightly underrated film, but he's really funny in that. And they have a great chemistry, him and Russell 
Crowe in that film. That was the film that convinced me that he was a brilliant comedian, just amazing physical comedy throughout that film. And it's strange to think he's underrated, but I think as a comedy, comic actor, I think he is. But I think he can do everything. I, I re- I'm a massive fan of Ryan Gosling. <laughs> I don't think you're the only one, Tom. No. And as for best actress, I will go for... I saw a film called Tony Erdman and the lead performance by the woman in that was about amazing and actually contained probably my favourite scene from any film this year. There's a scene in a film, German film called Tony Erdman where she has to sing Whitney Houston's The Greatest Love of All and is the, arguably the best scene in any film I've seen this year. It is amazing. Uh, and the woman who plays the lead, whose name has escaped me, uh, is just, it's just one of the funniest, most moving, heartbreaking scenes in any film this year. So I would go with that. Amazing. Well, I was actually going to ask you what your favourite scene in the film was, so you've covered that off. I will say that that is up there with my favourite scenes. I also thought the climactic scene when in the water in Blade Runner 2049 was probably the tensest that I've been in a cinema for a long while. Just when um, love comes in and grabs Ryan Gosling and they start, uh, and he he's obviously injured at this point um, and they have a fight while Harrison Ford is drowning I just couldn't have been tense I thought it was an amazing set piece beautifully shot and the sound the, is unbelievable as yeah well. as the whole film is just a great film and a really great final se- uh, well climactic battle scene so what about your the best director for you in film this year Christopher Nolan for Dunkirk has to be up there because just what he managed to do with a film that actually genuinely has to be seen on the big screen more than any other film I think in recent years deserves to be seen on the big screen he actually was flying spitfires over the English channel Um, just the spectacle of it it really used the cinema medium to its full potential and he he's a visionary he does stuff that other people can't do I think Denis Villeneuve is the same with Blade Runner 2049 every single scene and shot in that film was like a, a an incredible composition and Roger Deakins lit it perfectly it was amazingly beautiful Jordan Peele for Get Out was absolutely um, one of the most searing um, commentaries on race relations in the US but also funny and tense and exciting and scary and I think I went through every single emotion watching that film but then also I thought even Wonder Woman as well was great and Patty Jenkins did an amazing job with Wonder Woman. I thought the bat, bat, you know, in a year where we've had some really strong superhero films, I think Wonder Woman was the best for me. And, oh, wow. Uh, and she, Patty Jenkins, the action sequences were great, but I just thought the human elements of it were really nailed on until the final battle scene where I think it fell down a little bit. But um, it, it's been a year of good superhero films and that was the best for me. But if you had to pick one for your best director? I would go with... Barry Jenkins for Moonlight. Okay, Be- you didn't even mention him. I didn't even mention him, <laughs> but I just I think he he didn't win Best Director of the Oscars. Uh, Damien Chazelle did, and I do find that funny sometimes when um, when obviously when you get got a film like um, Saving Private Ryan, which is a, pu- a real cr- amazing directorial achievement, which beats Shakespeare in Love, you can understand it. But when La La Land and Moonlight are two. Um, uh, the other two films that are vying for picture and director, I would have given both of the awards to Moonlight. I thought it was incredible. And um, a, a landmark movie. You know, sometimes you look back on these Oscar films that win Best Picture 10 years on and you 
think, oh, well, that one probably shouldn't have won, and you can pinpoint films, better films from that year, but genuinely Moonlight was the best film this year, and I think in 10 years' time we'll still think that. So would you count that as maybe the best breakthrough film as well, because it, it did sort of bring a new talent to Is winning such a big prize? Is that one of the awards? Yes. Yes, best breakthrough film, <laughs> Barry Jenkins. It was his second film, but yes, I think it, the best breakthrough performance, and I can't wait to see what he does. He's got a film coming out in November well in November in the US 2018 and I think I imagine it'll be January over here but um, I'm going to watch everything that he ever does um, I guess also in terms of best film you know that's probably more on the art house scale would you, what would you say is the best blockbuster you mentioned Dunkirk already and Wonder Woman but and Blade Runner 2049 yeah. I think it's been the best year for blockbusters we've had in a long long time Dunkirk Blade Runner 2049 a genuine five star films uh, Wonder Woman I think is as good a superhero film as we've had in recent years since probably the Dark Knight trilogy I think um, I actually really liked Logan as well I thought as a blockbuster as another superhero film that was uh, very amazing central performance from Hugh Jackman in that one and as we'll, as we've seen recently is to keep us interested superhero films are having to do something different and Logan did that so successfully uh, and as did um, Thor Ragnarok as well which I thought was um, a lot of fun, one of the funniest films of the year. And I actually, just before this, we started recording this podcast, I was having a conversation with some guys uh, from PlayStation and we were raving about, not necessarily the film as a whole, but, but, but a moment in Spider-Man Homecoming. Uh, I where, love that film. Where Tom Holland realises who Michael Keaton is and um, it's, I didn't see it coming at all. It's an, and it's really rare for a blockbuster film to completely kind of take you by surprise in a moment and it to feel completely earned as well I thought that was a brilliant moment in a in a in a film where which did a great job of getting people back interested in Spider-Man but what, one trend we notice as well is a lot of these blockbusters are having more comedic moments and I feel like a lot of them are almost taking over the role a little bit of comedy traditional comedy movies and Thor itself you could class the amount of laughs that it gets from you certainly how I, I react to it. I think um, that's a good point. It's quite a good trend. I mean, we haven't had a real b- breakout blockbuster comedy for a few years. I mean, the biggest comedies of this year are Girls Trip and Baywatch, but none of them are that sort of bridesmaids hangover uh, level. And I think that might be because people are getting their comedy fix from the big films. Even Star Wars, The Force Awakens had some really good laughs in it. Um, that's and just The Last Jedi. Yes, and I think that's what the big films are doing very well. Uh, and Thor Ragnarok is a perfect example of that, the funniest film of the year, hands down, I think. I can't think of a big blockbuster film that was as funny. I mean, as a, a film I mentioned already, Tony Erdman was very funny. I thought Manchester by the Sea, whilst being heartbreaking and tragic, was also funny. But the the real standout kind of broad laughs has, have come in the big superhero films. So a couple more um, of the Tom's questions for your rewards of the year. Um, what's been the, the biggest surprise, do you think, in terms of... That could be your own criteria of what surprise means. But what's really surprised you that you've seen the, mo- the most? That's a good question. Another good question, Zoe. You should do this more often. Um, the biggest surprise for, for me... I mean, I am not very good with horror films, but horror this year has been really strong, and I do try and see as much as I can. But Yeah, I can't watch horror films. Uh, a few f- horror films this year have really been... I mean, obviously Get Out is one of the best films of the year, but it, whilst I didn't love the film, I thought was really... The relationship side of it and the young... and and the dynamic between the kids was absolutely brilliant. It felt very much like those 80s films which they were trying to replicate, 
And as a result, it did massive numbers, you know, 32 million pounds in the UK. It's currently the sixth biggest film of the year, which is insane. It's the biggest horror film of all time. So that was one film that I thought was a real pleasant surprise. And as someone who doesn't really like horror, I love this French film called Raw about a, 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 a young woman who goes to veterinary school and she's a vegetarian. She's been raised a vegetarian. But she did, uh, there, whilst being hazed in her first week or two at veterinary school, she developed a taste for human flesh. And whilst it was quite um, unpleasant at times, I thought, it, and that was from a directorial debut from a 33-year-old French woman called Julia Ducanal, which was, and that was one of the best films I've seen this year, undoubtedly. And that was a real pleasant surprise. I wasn't expecting to enjoy it. And, and you're very into music, which um, some people might know. Quite eclectic taste, I would say, ranging from Wham to Destroyer. Um, so that helps when you're the two best bands ever. <laughs> the two best bands ever. That helps when you're listening to movie soundtracks. Um, what do you think's been the best soundtrack? I mean, sound plays such a huge, important role in watching films at the cinema. Um, what's been your favourite? That's, I mean, it's not out yet, and it's out on the 26th, but I've listened to the Greatest Showman soundtrack a few oh, times no. already. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what happened. This the, the song from the trailer, This Is Me, has just got to me, and I keep listening to it, and I haven't even seen the film yet. Um, but uh, aside from that, uh, La La Land soundtrack, obviously, the Another Day of Sun has play, been played a lot. Uh, the soundtrack to Blade Runner 2049 with from Hans Zimmer was absolutely uh, brilliant. Baby Driver soundtrack? Was that yeah, getting was, yeah. It's a big part of the movie, I guess. I'm going to say no to that. Okay. And not because I didn't like it, but I wasn't as keen on the film as I hoped I would be. And my tastes and Edgar Wright's tastes don't entirely align. Not enough wham or no, destroy it. No, it needs more wham, definitely. But one film that I did think... But there was a song on the... I mentioned Raw just now, and there was a song on the Raw soundtrack, which I've been listening to loads by the... I don't know how to pronounce it. I think it's called The Do. Um, and that had some that whole last film had some really great song selections in it. So in terms of actual original um, music, I would say something like uh, La La Land or Blade Runner twenty forty nine. But there's been some great music throughout films, and I think one of the best scenes was a, the scene where the young girl in Raw was getting ready for to go out clubbing and there's a brilliant scene where she's getting ready and the music's amazing you should watch it I mean slightly different take but I think it's been interesting to see again how the blockbusters have used music so well as well I mean you look at Guardians of the Galaxy and Thor and those trailers are awesome but that first scene with Baby Groot and Guardians yeah. like using that track is quite Mr. iconic Blue Sky, is it Mr. Yeah. Blue Sky well the Guardians of the Galaxy is kind of just rewritten how these films use music and you saw it with Thor the whole trailer campaign was um, centred around the immigrant song by Led Zeppelin, yeah, and then that song played an amazing part in the film. I think, uh, you know, sometimes it can feel a bit unearned, but that when it's the perfect choice of music and film, like it was with that, it worked really well. But um, I guess you know we've covered quite a lot. I think people have got a real sense of what your favourite um, and what your awards would go to. But is there, is there any Tom Lennay special award that you'd like to grant for any particular cinematic experience or moment? of 2017 that's really got to you this year? Yes. I re-watched this weekend. For the second time this year, I watched Hidden Figures, which I think is a really underrated... I know it got nominated for three Oscars, but it's a genuinely moving, crowd-pleasing film, which anyone can watch. My girlfriend's mum and stepdad were visiting this weekend, and we were looking for something to watch, and we tried to go see Murder on the Orient Express, but it was too busy. So we went home, and we watched a film, and we chose Hidden Figures, and it was the perfect choice. It's a PG film that anyone can watch and enjoy. It's great characters, a real amazing ensemble of actors who each gets their own moment. The moment in the film actually 
almost brought me to tears again this weekend was when Tarashi P. Henson explains why she has been disappearing for 45 minutes and she's been having to go across the campus to the toilet. And I think, I think it's one of the most moving scenes in any film this year. It's a really brilliant film that I'm actually... Hopefully my mum isn't going to listen to this before Christmas, but I'm going to buy it for my mum on Blu-ray for Christmas because I know she's going to love it. And then just to round off then, you've just sent around a note to the whole company, getting them to pick in order their top three films. We will release the overall DCM results on Wednesday in our usual newsletter. Can you let us know now what your top three are? Yes, my third favourite film of the year is La La Land, which I've, I've I, it wasn't in my top five at the start of the year, but I've seen it twice since then. And it's sneaked, it sneaks into my top th- three. But I could have easily have gone for Manchester by the Sea or Get Out or Raw. But I really love La La Land. And number two is Blade Runner 2049. So it's a Ryan Gosling double bill so far. Um, just I, f- I felt like I was on holiday for two hours, 40 minutes. Oh, I don't get to go on holiday enough. Uh, <laughs> the DCM holiday allocation <laughs> doesn't quite suffice. I just felt genuinely transported. Like the, the most talented people working in the film industry on the top of their game it just felt like an absolute treat to to visit LA in 2049 and then number one is Moonlight which is I think the best film I've seen probably in the last three or four years I saw it first saw it last October at the London Film Festival and was absolutely blown away by it there's just seeing seeing stories on screen which we need to see and that we don't see very often I found it intensely moving with six or five or six amazing performances I think Mahershala Ali won the Best Supporting Actor Oscar for that, but I think Travante Rhodes could have easily have won it, or any of the actors who played um, Chiron. And I think Andre Holland was just heartbreaking as well in the final scene. I think it's the best film released this year easily. Brilliant. So I think that covers off all the major accolades, but you've touched on a couple of trends, like horror being so big for this year. Any other trends you'd want to pick out from the year as a whole? I think I often get asked... Okay, uh, are people still interested in superhero films? Do people still watch them? And is the bubble going to burst? But we keep asking that question, and then it doesn't happen because if you make a a doesn't matter what the blockbuster is, if you make a film with kind of love and you do something slightly different, then people want to see it. So Spider Man, we've had enough Spider Man films to kill the character off forever, but Spider Man Homecoming genuinely did something fun and different with it. I think Thor has historically been a Marvel character where people have not been that interested in him as a character as a whole but when you do something as interesting and fun and playful as they did with Thor Ragnarok people turn out for it Uh, I think blockbusters this year have shown that there's a real appetite for a whole range of blockbusters but but filmmakers have to do something different with it and when they haven't done something that different, as we've seen with Transformers The Last Night or perhaps Pirates of the Caribbean, Salazar's Revenge, or even The Mummy, it, where it feels like they're just going over old ground, you know, people don't turn out as much. So I think there's a real appetite for exciting new blockbuster stories. And then also, on a smaller level, things like Get Out and Moonlight and uh, upcoming films as well, like Lady Bird, such like that. There's appetite for, for, for different stories and, you know... I think cinema will thrive as long as directors and really talented people work on stories that um, people want to see. Cool. So on that note, we're looking ahead now to what looks to be a really amazing year next year and the the years beyond. But what do you think we're going to look forward to the most next year? Should we start with awards season as that's coming up 
first. Yeah. Award season, what well, I have seen, Darkest Hour, and I'm pretty confident Gary Oldman's going to win the Best Actor Oscar for this. He's amazing as Winston Churchill. It's by Joe Wright. Um, it's basically behind the scenes of Dunkirk. So if you saw Dunkirk yeah. and want to know like, what like happened the <laughs> behind the scenes, then this is a really good uh, film for you. Uh, that, so that's out on the 12th of January. I'm very, very excited for Three Billboards. It's amazing. Misery, which you've already seen. Yeah. Uh, and you're already straight in there with amazing, <laughs> but um, I can't wait for that. I'm very excited for The Post, the Steven Spielberg film on the 19th. I've actually put money on The Post to win the Best Picture Oscar because I feel like it's, it's very relevant. Now, moving into Jack February, The Shape of Water is great. Guillermo del Toro's story of a mute woman who works at a government facility who falls in love with a sea creature that's being captured there uh, or being held there. And that's a typically beautiful del Toro film that I think anyone who loves adult fairy tales will really uh, be into. And what do you think is going to win big? With The Post, that's your bet. I think The Post is going to win Best Picture Oscar. I think the BAFTAs will probably go to Dunkirk. Um, and then we're looking ahead a little bit to Q2, but it's going to be possibly the biggest Q2 ever, mm-hmm. um, just ahead of the World Cup. I mean, we, we've talked about this a lot, but there's so many massive films, I guess, from May onwards. Have we ever seen anything like that before in terms of the schedule? No. Well, just to for those listeners who don't know, on the 27th of April, we've got Avengers Infinity War. On the 25th of May, we've got... Solo, A Star Wars Story. On the 1st of June, we've got Deadpool 2. And on the 7th of June, we've got Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. So in six weeks, we've got four of the biggest films of next year, three of which could conceivably gross 50 million plus at the UK box office. I don't think we've seen a period like it. And I really want to see all four films. And what what other trends do you think we can look forward to next year as a whole? Like what what We're looking at quite a lot of strong female leads, for instance, in a lot of the films coming out. Yeah, well, I think that's just been uh, something we're going to see more and more. I think I'm really excited for Ocean's 8, actually, in June, which is the spin-off from Ocean's 11 with Sandra Bullock and an all-female crew uh, performing a heist at the Met Gala in New York, and it stars Kate Blanchett, Rihanna, Helena Bonham Carter, Anne Hathaway, Sarah Paulson. I think that's going to be one of the standout films in next summer. It's insane the um, regularity of big films next year. I mean, in the summer as well, as well as the four we've already spoken about, we've got Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again, which oh. should be one of the biggest films. Um, then Mission Impossible 6, Ant-Man and the Wasp. I've got Mary Poppins Mary to round Poppins, everything off. Yeah, so some of the biggest films of next year are for a really range of audiences. So we've already spoken about the ones, probably a male 16-34 audience, but Mamma Mia will play with an ABC One 45-plus female audience. M- Mary Poppins Returns will play with a slightly, um, you would think a family, but a more female-skewed audience. Ready Player One, I think, is going to get... I'm really excited about that. Sci-fi nuts in like myself. uh, And I think there's a real nice range. And as we saw with Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, the the audience for Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald, will be older and female. And I think people probably don't realise that when they're thinking about the Fantastic Beasts films. So, um, as you say, yeah, there's some really strong blockbuster content for women next year. Cool. And what film are you most excited about next year? Next year, the film that I'm most excited about is... I am really looking forward... Well, actually, there's two films in November. Currently dated the 2nd of November, it's First Man, which is Damien Chazelle's follow-up to La La Land about Neil Armstrong becoming the first man, obviously, on the moon. And that's on the 2nd of November, and Neil Armstrong is played by Ryan Gosling. As you can probably tell, I like Ryan Gosling. And then on the 9th of November, you've got Widows, which is Steve McQueen's follow-up to 12 Years a Slave, 
which um, has an all, a, a fantastic female cast. I think those two films are two of the films I'm most looking forward to in the entire year, and they're currently out a week apart in November. One of them might move, but they're two major awards contenders, and they're out in November next year. Awesome. Is there anything else you'd like to share in this final podcast of the year, Tom? I don't think so. I think it's been a really strong year. What's been your favourite film? Well, I have yet to 100% decide because the deadline is tomorrow, but I would say Blade Runner 2049 as well and, and Thor and Star Wars The Last Jedi are in my top three. That's a very exciting top three as well. Thank you, Zoe. Thank you, Tom. And... Am I going to sign off or are you? You are. Thanks all for listening, everyone. I hope you had a great year. I'll be back in early 2018 with a preview of 2018 as a whole. Uh, So have a great Christmas period and uh, enjoy all the turkey and go see Star Wars or Jumanji or Pitch Perfect or The Greatest Showman. And I'll be back in January. Bye-bye. Bye.